This is the Off Kilter Podcast. It is about breaking rules, listening to your ovaries, and coloring outside of the lines. Each week, we will connect and be in conversation about how to reignite your sexuality, feel powerfully graceful, and deeply connected to your body, all while navigating life. I am your teacher, Amy Kate Burr. Welcome to episode 10, Go Slow to Go Fast. This is the second episode of my storytelling series. Today's episode is with the delicious Gabby. This human is fueled by feeling, has a powerful story about learning to listen to her body and the power in slowing the F down. She is a lead teacher at All City Athletics where she teaches people to find the feeling behind the movement. She created her business fueled by feeling on a run when she asked herself, how do I want to feel? Her work supports her clients to build and cultivate a relationship with movement that encourages inquiry over expectation. Today, we jammed about her training story, movement, how to listen to the body when it's speaking to you, and what to do about it, why feelings matter, what going slow looks like and why it's important, and so much more. I could chat with this human for hours. So, enjoy. That's a great icebreaker. I know, for sure. It's like, um, how do you pronounce your last <laughs> name? Yeah, where's it from? Yeah, where's it from? Yeah. Um, Thea Senor. I like that. Yeah. It's beautiful. Thank All right. you. Episode 10. Episode 10. Here we of are. The Off Kilter Podcast. We, um, I just pressed record because we were just having a great conversation about Gabby's last name, <laughs> which is? Via Senor. Yeah. Uh, and then she was just telling me a little bit about her family roots. And um, let's start there because uh, episode 10 is part of my storytelling series. And so I wanted to bring amazing women on that have a really cool journey around training and health and their connection to their body. Uh, and so I have Gab here today with me sitting on my living room floor uh, drinking kombucha. And we are going to start with a little bit of her family roots, which came from um, <laughs> me pronouncing her last name right. <laughs> I love it. It's yeah. As organic as it gets. <laughs> yeah, um, beautiful. Thank so, you. Um, welcome. Welcome thank to you. the space. Mm -hmm. uh, just uh, let's start with your dad. <laughs> oh my God. Yeah, absolutely. Well, thank you so much, um, Amy, for inviting me to the space. It's beautiful. It feels so like home. Like here we are. It's like, Pillow talk, but not in the way that we usually, you know, it yeah. kind of is. We're just chilling. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, my dad is from Mexico City. He used to be a bodybuilder, like insane bodybuilder. He showed me photos a couple months ago, and I was like, oh, my God. Like, it just, he didn't even recognize my dad anymore. And I was like, what? Like, now he's just like, not just, but now he's like, you know, my dad, I don't know, he yeah. has like a motorcycle and he's like, my dad. But you look at those photos and I'm like, oh my God, it's like Arnold Schwarzenegger. And you're like, what? How did this happen? And like, how did you start? Like he told me so many stories about 
that there's one like really big one that him and his well my mom ended up telling me so when he was full-on in his like competition phase um they had one night where they were able to eat whatever they wanted and he had a slice of pizza and he ended up in the hospital because like his body just like could not like was like what is this because all he was eating was like boiled chicken rice like yams you know what i mean like so (laughs) traditional like so so traditional like boiled chicken i'm sorry (laughs) like i just (laughs) no And nothing, like nothing on it. Pepper, sure. Salt, probably not. Because again, like water retention, everything. So, wow, blast from the past. Yeah. So do you, your dad was an athlete. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. So, so, you, so. did you grow up knowing him as an athlete or was this before, before your time? Way before my time. Okay. Yeah. So right. before my time, which is interesting. Like I never knew that he did that until... A couple of years ago when I started boxing and then he started like whipping out all these picks and I'm like, <laughs> oh my god what like I was like this isn't you but yeah he's like oh yeah same I'm like super different but like whoa like I knew that he like he told me that he was a bodybuilder but yeah. I don't think I realized like to that extent I was like whoa you're like stage like bodybuilder yeah you, know? you just thought yeah dad you went yeah, to the gym yeah. and like, you just like did some bodybuilding <laughs> and lifted yeah. some weights and some dumbbells but like he was like <laughs> yeah for sure <laughs> like athlete. real deal <sighs> yeah wow. which was cool so he competed um quite competitively for I think like five six years um maybe longer than that but that was like he emphasized like that time frame so maybe that was a little bit more intense um and he played like water polo for the national team like he he did a lot a lot of really like well water polo super unconventional sport like in yeah. my world but i was like that's so cool um so the more that i started getting into like even my competitive phase through soccer and then through boxing those stories from him started to pour out which was really cool and he's like oh i used to train like this and yeah. blah, blah, blah. And i was like whoa yeah you did like that was cool to see commonality because that wasn't like that wasn't the story of my dad that I knew. Like yeah. I didn't know that person. So now him showing me photos and like whatever, it was really cool to see him like relive that side of him and have such a pull. And I think that's why it was so important to him to like be at every single one of my games and like be at my fights and, you know, be like one of the strongest people in my corner it was literally because he's like, oh, yeah. damn it, I know what that feels like. Yeah. You're uh, one of your loudest cheerleaders. Mm, yeah, for sure. Oh, always. Like, he would never miss a game. Um, my mom, too, for sure. But my dad, like, like emphasized it way, like, so much more. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, which is cool. Did your mom come back, come from, like, a competitive uh, training background or as well? Not, not to the extent. My mom yeah. was always, like, super athletic and, like, very into, like, every single sport possible um she loved like volleyball which I like dabbled in for like two years in high school which was super fun um but yeah not as much as my dad I would say she never like pursued it beyond let's say like high school or like anything more than like kind of a good time um but she was like really she's good at everything you know like (laughs) I take her boxing and everyone's like that's your mom (laughs) like yes she's incredible so she can pick things up really really quick (laughs) And it's like still move like a rocket. And I'm like, 
Yeah. Okay, mom, still got it. Still got it. I love that. Yeah. Like an incredible generalist, which totally. is such a beautiful thing. Yeah, it is. We always like just like want to go to this like specialty mm. and great at one thing, and that's fine for a little while, but the beauty is in this like generalist. Yeah. Like, what can I do with my body? Like all for these sure. things. Mm -hmm. So that's really cool. Yeah, it is cool. And I love that you said it. There is such like a beauty and like an art in being a generalist. Like I said it a couple um, weeks ago when my designer and I were sitting down and figuring out like, okay, so who is like, who is this training for? Like the training that I have with my clients. And I'm like, ah oh, man, it's like, Hey, do you want to go on a hike? Yep. I'll be there. Hey, do you want to go on a run? Sure. Do you want to race to the end of the street and hit that pole? It's like, yep, cool. Guarantee first. Like, you know what I mean? Like just, you're able to, to move in any which way. Yeah. Um, and I think, yeah, coming out of such a specialized way of training, you start to really appreciate the generalist. So I love, I'm going to use that now. Yeah. Let's, let's dive into that. Actually that specialist mm. way of training and your story about being a specialist. Totally. Yeah. Great. Like <laughs> unintended. <segue. I> <laughs> um, yeah. Specialist was like all I knew from super young when I committed like to playing soccer, I was a soccer player. So that was my sport. There was no dabbling much else. Volleyball. Sure. But like not to the same extent, but you trained a very specific way when you're training for soccer it's like a lot of short intervals like you're sprinting a shit ton there's a lot of plyometric like you're jumping you're moving fast you're cutting you're like you know like and that's just like dry line training and then yeah. once you're once like I moved through once I think that I was like yo this could actually get me to university um and when I had that sort of plug yeah. I was like oh right okay here we are like all the other girls were doing it as well. And I'm like, right, this is super normal. Like you train twice a day, you play on the weekends, you kind of rest ish, but then you're like right back at it. And well, you ask any of the women on my team when I played up at uni, like I was such a stickler for that. Like if you came in unfit during preseason, <laughs> I was not a nice person, you know? And I was like, this is your only responsibility, not your only, but like, this is a huge responsibility for you. Like, how can you not take that seriously? And like, when it came to anything other than really having like a fixed set, 100% performance, I was like, come on. And whoa, even that's the first time I've said that in a while and like ever. And for me to realize that then versus me now, if yeah. those two people were to have a conversation right now, <laughs> like night and day difference. Cause I would, I, not a shred of me looks at it that way anymore. But again, that's You're like tossed into this beautiful system. Don't get me wrong. Like there's like, there's science that goes in behind like training and programming to become like a really high level soccer player for sure. And just realizing like the actual toll that that takes on you, you know, the role that that takes on your body, the role that that takes on your time on your yeah. friendships, on your like relationship with like yourself, your parents, your food, like so much so. How long were you uh, competitively playing soccer for? Um, so it did take me to university where I played at Quest in Squamish. Yeah. 
Um, so it doesn't get much better than that. You just like see like mountains as your background. You're like, is this a screensaver? Is yeah. this real? Super real. Yeah. Um, so I played with them for four years and I guess we'll count it like five because you're grade 12 year two, you're kind of like looking to get picked up from people. And so you're playing at like a collegiate level. Like we're playing women that are like, that are at university. Like we played, our club team played, um, yeah, at super high levels. And we played like really incredible teams. So, um, I would say five years for sure. And up at quest, like you go in, let's say like a month and a half before your season starts and you train, like that's the only reason why you're up there is like you're training. So you yeah. train two times a day. you like take your cup, like all you're doing is training and eating and resting and sleeping, which is great. And if you, like that was like <laughs> life, cool. Yeah. So manageable. Yeah. But then it's like season starts again, you're training twice a day. Then you have school and then you have, every like relation then you're just like a normal person you know you're having yeah. this like little camp before and you're like this is so great i can do this and then after it's like fuck just kidding yeah. life is like really hitting you in the face and you're like why am i so exhausted yeah and you're like right because they actually don't emphasize the recovery and granted neither did i i was like pretty much in like a suck it up mentality like you just you like get up and you go and Granted, that's, it served me really well during that time because you kind of differentiate, like, do you really want to, like, this is what differentiates between, like, a very competitive player and one that maybe doesn't want to play at the collegiate level. Yeah. And that's okay. But in my mind, there was no option to not play at that level. It's like, oh, my God, no. Like, I'm going. This is what's happening. So that was my choice. Yeah. <laughs> you know, like, and I didn't realize that was an active decision. I could have chosen to do it or not to. It was just like, oh, you're doing it. You know, like there's, there's no, well, maybe I'll take this year off as if, yeah. like, you know, you just never actually realize that. It became like your identity. Totally. Yeah. yeah I am the really good soccer player. Yep. Absolutely. Yeah. And, and I was like, yeah, people would define me as like the athletic one, the everything. And you so live into that, you know, and then you create the expectations that you think everybody's actually created for you, but you're the one that's like letting, it's like paper mache. Like you're the one that's like letting all those pieces stick. Yeah. Um, and then before you know it, you're kind of like, wait, so what do I have choice in again? Or like, do I? And like, what if I don't really want to do this anymore? And you start to have those kind of thoughts and being like, but then who am I without that? Yeah. So when did this start to uh, really bubble up this, these thoughts around, oh, actually, am I in choice? And do I actually mm. want to do this? Uh, when, when in the, were you still in university or was it after you finished studying mm. uh, that mm. you were at this like, well, what, what the fuck do I do now? <laughs> so now what? Totally. It wasn't until like, it for sure wasn't until honestly, like two years ago that I realized like I have choice in everything that I do. Um, like, yeah, I would for sure say two, yeah, two years ago when okay. I fully landed that. Oh, and I was like, yeah. oh, this is a concept that's like, like super real. And like, I don't have to do things like I get to do them and yeah. I also like can change what that looks like every day like the Gabby that 
trains really hard on like a Monday can also not train at all Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, or like, yeah, the Gabby that did play soccer and, 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 you know, identify so much with sport can also identify with like laying on the beach with like a drink in hand, you know, that kind of thing. So it's playing around with the story that the story that I created of who I am and letting it be okay for that to change. And also like when people like, not like questioned it, but they were like, Oh, I thought that, you know, you were so regimented on all these things. Like I had so many people say that to me and I'm like, yo, like I'm also just like a person who just enjoys <laughs> everyday trivial stuff too. Yeah. Right. But again, I think it also tripped me up when I came out of soccer and everyone's like, Oh, so like now what are you doing? It's like, I didn't know I had to fill that time right away or I didn't know I had to fill that identity right away. Like I'm still kind of building it as we go. Yeah. So when did you uh, finish uni and then come out of soccer? How long yeah. Was so, that? Uh, 2000, well, 2016, I graduated. Correct. Yes. Yeah. Cause I think that's really, I think that's really powerful. It's like, only two years ago did you start to like learn and understand oh. so it wasn't like I just stopped no. being a specialist being competitive and then I just like got my shit together and navigated my way out of it quickly it's like no like talk to me about what those what mm. those years were like after soccer after university up until like two years ago when mm. you're like hey Gabby can be fluid yeah. like I can like yeah yeah yeah, I can rewrite that narrative. Um, so when I first got out of school, it it was very much like, okay, now what do I do? Like, I had so much more time to be like, yeah, how do I want to train? And I started working at Lululemon when I graduated, when I came back from traveling, and they opened up a completely like different world for me for what training looked like. Like, there's all these boutique studios in Vancouver that I never even heard of. And now I'm like, cool, I get to try out all these different ways of moving. That's really cool. Like I don't have to, I don't have to train for like an hour and a half every time and like be absolutely gassed at the end of it that like, oh, that's what exercise to me looks like. Yeah. You know, so (laughs) now I got to, oh, I can like, I can go to a yoga class for like an hour, an hour and a half and be like, fuck, that felt good. You know, like I'm not walking out of every, like, let's say, quote unquote, workout feeling like my body's in bits. Like that was new to me. That was so new to me. Yeah. And I remember even talking to a few pals and I was like, this is so cool. <laughs> like, you know, I, I can, I can go really fast, but I also don't have to, I can, I can go as slow as I want for as long as I want. Yeah. So that was really special. And then I found my new obsession, which was boxing. <laughs> I found, um, yeah. Also, the athletics through working at Lululemon. I remember the first time. <laughs> God, this was so humbling. <laughs> like, I walked into Eastside Boxing where Alcity was um, like in partnership. They were running classes out of there too. And I rolled up and I was like, "Yeah, I've boxed before." I was like, "Whatever, I can, I can, I can join the intermediate class." I had never fucking held pads for anybody, and we just did like for conditioning up at school. Like, I would not call that boxing. Yeah. And I stepped in and I was like, and I had like, oh my God, I had these like little Walmart gloves. Yeah. 
And I'll never forget one of the coaches there looks at me. He's like, put those toys away. We're actually going to box. And I was like, oh my God. <laughs> I was like, get me out of here. It's like, what have I done? I just shot myself right in the foot. And we did class and I was absolutely obsessed. Like, loved it. There, I hadn't, like, it was like, finding that was like, when I first found soccer, like it was such a release, but I'm so in control and you have to be so in your body. Yeah. Like there's no, like you, you don't have another option. There's a thousand and four things to think about. Like you have to be right there. You can't think about anything outside. So that was cool. And that kind of opened up a world for me to be like, Oh, there is movement outside of what you know as movement. Yes. And I love that word mm. movement. Mm-hmm. Um, because what's still used so often is I'm going to work out or I'm going to exercise or I'm going to train. And I'm not saying there's anything wrong with those words, but it's like the stuff that's underneath the words um, is where we're lost. But this idea of movement takes it out of this, I'm just going to do this one thing for Mm. 45 minutes and then that's it because we're all movers all of the time. And I think it comes back to this like specialist generalist thing. It's like when you're a specialist, you just do something for so long one way, but in the end, the body, the body will tell you that it's, um, you can't be a a specialist for, Mm. for a long time. And it can show up in lots of different ways. It can show up by, like um, your hormones and injury and fatigue. It can show up in the relationships like that you have with other people. It's like, okay, so I can be a specialist, but at the detriment to what other areas of my life. For sure. And I feel like it's the same a lot with people and like training or, or mm. exercise or working out. It's like they have this view about what, what it is and what they need to get out of it. And Uh, It can be at the detriment to other areas of their life and their health. So I love that you use the word movement, Mm -hmm. which is like a massive big umbrella. It's like a golf umbrella. Yeah. Like the biggest. It like fit everything and anything under that, which is so cool. And like, it wasn't until I launched Fuel by Feeling, which is like my company that I actually was like, whoa. Right. It's not exercise because we've been told what that looks like for us. You know, there's already these preconceived definitions that we, that have been like placed like unwarrantedly in our hands. So now whenever I work with clients, I'm like, let, let's shift away and be like, okay, how are we moving today? Because moving can look like literally you just deep breathing in the morning, like you moving, like you moving the shit through your body, you moving the air through your body. Like that is moving you walking like down up and down the street that is moving you boxing that's moving anything and everything can be considered as that so you're right like the umbrella is just like so abundant but for me when i even when i hear exercise my mind automatically goes to like this program like an hour i'm dripping in sweat i'm tired as hell and um yeah i will take nothing less it's like whoa 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 no, that actually isn't what I need right now. So I noticed that you also use the word too, which is great. Yeah. It's a, it's, it's a more powerful, inviting. yeah, it's inviting mm. and it's a, it's a powerful word. Yeah. I think. Yeah. Um, so 
you found all city athletics mm-hmm. and you threw away your Walmart gloves. I was like, buy Walmart? <laughs> yeah, never again. <laughs> I brought real gloves. Uh, and what was the one thing that you were most attracted to when you stepped into that space? Um, that's such a cool question because now looking back, I'm like, whoa, they're celebrating two years in their space now and yeah. we're coming up on. But what I was most attracted to was just you have to be so in your body yeah like so in your body like focusing on like the most minute like small details and it was also cool like I just had this recently when I surfed for the first time but it was like (laughs) to be really shitty at something and and to start from like ground zero to move your way up that's really cool and super special because again being a specialist you know your craft and you're like, I'm good at this. But how often do we step into areas where we're like really not good at something? And it's like, all right, I got to relearn this all over again. You're humbled. You're excited. You're like challenged. You're like, what the hell am I doing? But at the end of the day, you're learning like different parts about like, where does your mind go? You know, like, where does your mind go when you don't automatically get something? And like, why is that a trigger for you? Yeah. You know, so it was very much like that for me. I was like, well, I'm athletic. I'm all these things. I'm blah, blah, blah why can't I get this? And it's like, Oh yeah. Hi. You've never done this before. So that's really cool. Yeah. So again, challenging this mm-hmm. like identity. Yeah. this like self worth. Totally. Yeah, absolutely. I love you use the words of like humbling and exciting. And I remember when I stepped in out of being a specialist into being a generalist again, I was not humbled or not excited or not nothing. I was like, angry and frustrated and oh just, there were moments for sure <laughs> yeah what made you so frustrated about it that it wasn't good at it mm, yeah totally because and it came back to this you identified as this person that was like strong and yep. athletic and good at their craft um mm. and their specialty and then you no longer could do it or you chose not to do it and then entering this world where you're not good. You're shit. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> yeah. You're like the last one picked on the team. You're like, I like, I made the team and now I'm like last one picked. And that's, what's also so cool. Is that like, yeah, you, you can be somewhere. And also at the end of the day, you step into a completely different realm and different ring. And yeah, you're also, you're not top of the list. Yeah. It took me a long time mm. to be okay with that, to be like, you know what, this is just, because I never viewed training or movement as a lever just to connect to my body yeah. and just enjoy it. It was always outcome, result. Totally. Self-worth is based on the performance, mm. how well you do. And then when I stepped away from that and I was lost yeah. and then I still tried to base my self-worth on the outcome or the performance or the result, but I wasn't good at the thing. Mm. And so a lot of stuff came up about my story about not being like good enough or mm-hmm. we only do things that we're good at. Yeah. Um, and so I was just super interested in what like came up when you entered this space. Yeah. And I think it's beautiful that the learning there was about, hey, like I have to be so present and focused because of the technical demand Mm -hmm. that's placed on my body to learn this new skill. Yeah. But then also it's challenging me like mentally and Mm -hmm. emotionally because it's bringing up all this stuff around like my story and my identity. Yeah. Um, 
So you're still there with awesome. Still there, right? yeah, of yeah, course I am. Lead. Yeah, yeah one of the lead teachers. Right, who would have thought yeah. it? It's just like right time, right person, right everything. I remember like, yeah, even coming from that, they had just moved into their space, like our space right now. And I remember I was just about to go to Montreal and I was like, Fuck, I really want to ask them if they need somebody in addition to like the awesome team that they have right now. But I was like, who the hell am I to do this? Like, are you kidding? I don't know if they're going to want to. And then I remember asking Anna in the change room, I was like, hey, so <laughs> I was so scared. And I'm like, I know you guys just moved and you have your lineup, but if there's ever space for someone else, like I would love to learn and teach under you guys. She's like, yeah, like, let me give us some thought. Thank you. Literally within 24 hours, she's like, okay, when you're back from Montreal, do you want to run us through a session? And I was like, oh my God, yeah, absolutely. So I did, and here we are, like almost two years later which is really cool. So for someone that walks into the space mm. that it's their first time, what would be one or two things that you would say to them um, in this, when they're in this space of like just being unsure or yeah. not being confident or stepping into this place where you aren't the specialist, you don't know what you're doing. Um, as like a teacher and through your own experience, what's something that you would say to them? To Yeah, so one of my, um, we've had like a bunch of new people come in lately because like fall is kind of the transition period yeah. for people to try things out. And it was cool. Actually, someone in my class today, I was like, okay, look, like, you're going to learn a lot of things. Like there's going to be so much chucked at you right now. And I'm like, just have fun picking things up, trying them on. And if they work for you right now, awesome. If not, try something else out. And like, just know that this is like, this is such a technical sport and we're just here to have fun. Yeah. <laughs> like, you know what I mean? Like I, I, Oh my God. I remember, I think the biggest test, like couples therapy, like go boxing together. And if you can do that, like, <laughs> you will make it <laughs> but I would get so irritated at my partners when they held me yeah. oh god it was dark and like I would like get so serious about it and I'm like now looking at me then I'm like you're literally doing this for fun like you're in this class to move with your partner to move with you like to connect and like just have a good freaking time and that's always what I say even in classes when they're getting really really frustrated I was like a I'll like stop the class and I'll be like, how cool is it that you're frustrated right now? Cause that means that you're learning new shit, which is yeah. why you're here. <laughs> and then the second one is that like, please have some fun and don't take this too seriously. Like you will learn and you will get it. But like, and I told them the story of when I first walked in and I was like, <laughs> awful. <laughs> so it's like, I literally got laughed at and was like, take your toys out of the studio. And I was like, cool, 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 cool. <laughs> so that's what I would say is that like, this is fun and you get to learn new things um and we are like i guess a little bias coming from me but honestly like you walk into any one of our classes and our instructors will make you feel like home yeah which is really cool so yeah yeah and you can feel that from like the vibe and the energy and mm. i love that you say that f word because mm. we forget fun Fun. fun. <laughs> I was like I say both but yeah fun. Fun and fun. <laughs> which is fun. Yeah. But we forget that totally. or we come back to these words and yeah. fun is never linked no. to working out or mm. exercising um, or training. It's 
we just don't think, mm. hey, I'm going to actually do this because it's fun. <laughs> yeah, for sure. And like that was not something that I was actually connected to until like literally the day of the inception of like Fueled by Feeling happened when I was like, oh my, like everything just kind of hit me like a ton of bricks. And like that, that morning I got asked one of the most powerful questions I've been asked like to date. I was, um, my partner and I were waking up and I, I had like prior to Lemon and I also worked another job at Kokomo and, yeah. um, and all city. And I was like, cool, all three of them. And I was like, and then it just got like too, too much. So I quit Lulu, I quit Kokomo and I was at all city and I'm like, awesome. Like I have such autonomy with my time right now. And I'm like loving training. I was training for a fight at the time. And, you know, I just felt really good with how I spent my minutes. And he asked me, he was like, so like, let's just say like you have all this autonomy with your time and you've, you've built this life and what were to happen if all city like closed tomorrow, like, where would that leave you? And I was like, Whoa, a, I can do a lot of things and I know that, but right now my immediate is with them. And don't worry, they're not closing. None of this is happening. <laughs> but um, hypothetical, hypothetical, super hypothetical. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Good morning. So, just wondering if your life, as you know, were to crumble. Um, <laughs> yeah, so really light conversation. Yeah. Obviously. that's such a nice way to wake up. Yeah. <laughs> I need you to really think oh, about your life. <laughs> it was nuts. We do that all the time to each other. So this was his turn. And he, um, yeah, he was like, "Where would that leave you?" And it was such a cool question because I was like, I know I can do a lot of things, but you're right. Like, what is Gabby's like legacy? Like, what am I here to leave? And I, I didn't have an answer. So I kind of just like sat with it for a little bit. He left and all of a sudden I was like, you know what? Get dressed, you're going for a run. And at this point I was not a runner. Like I probably could count on one hand how many runs I've <laughs> actually done for real. And I was like, nope, this is what you're doing got changed, left my house. My mind was just like running. And I was like, God damn. I was like, what a question, you know, like I wasn't frustrated. And I wasn't like, I need an answer now, but it was just like, cool. What do I value most? Like just like thinking all these things about like, okay, well, what could I craft? Um, and about like halfway when I was done the run, I was like, why the fuck am I running? Like, I was like, <laughs> like why out of everything that I know away running out of everything that I love doing why did I choose something that I never really do like what and I like I talk to myself all the time and I was running and I'm like well I just like felt it like my body just knew it was like you need to release in this way like please do this and I remember being like it was just like a feeling and I was like holy shit I was like I'm just fueled by feeling <laughs> Oh, and wow. I like pulled over on the side of the road, wrote down like every sensation, like thought, whatever that was going through my body. And I wrote down, I was like, this is why I'm here to train based on how you feel, not based on how you want to look again, that outcome versus, you know, Oh, say it again. One <laughs> part. Oh damn. Fun. Feel my feeling. I don't know. Feel my feeling. And then <laughs> That the last oh, like that you just training said. based on how you want to feel rather than how you want to look. And again, for ever since I knew it, even 
like even now there's for sure episodes where I like I pulled I I like fall back in that and I I like base things on like changing the physical appearance of my body or like oh, I don't look like this like I'm expected to but again the only person placing those expectations is me because I like I put a lot of my value in the outside and like what people could see tangibly like I oh like a few months before that I was working with a coach who was giving me a strength program and a nutrition program and he is great so great and I noticed like sure I was lean super lean and you see photos like I'll even find them every now and again and my like my body stress response when that stuff happens or when I'm stressed is I'll get eczema on my eyelids and I've never dealt with eczema before ever and I remember in all these photos my eyes like I couldn't even freaking open them because they were like covered in eczema yeah sure my body I'm lean and it's also telling me something completely different like I like you know you're in that fight or flight and my body is so stressed out because again I it's it's like you have to eat certain things at certain times. You have to train a certain way. It was so isolating, you know? And I was like, cool, here's the outcome that you quote unquote wanted and you're still not happy. Yeah. And the body is speaking to you. And yes, we could say symptoms. That's not a super positive word. We could say messages. Mm. It was just, it was speaking. Yeah. <clears throat> did, you, sure. did you listen? No, absolutely. <laughs> of course not. You know what I mean? I, I kind of, but what I did do was like go into this like punishment phase of like, yeah. why are you like, like, why do I look like, why do my eyes look like this? Like, why is there eczema on my face? Blah, blah, blah. And I wouldn't, like, the answer was right in front of my face. It was like, oh, because you're sitting at an insane deficit right now, a calorie deficit. You're like putting your body in this like starvation mode and you're training hard as hell. And so you knew that intellectually. Yeah. But I would yeah. never be like, Oh, that's why this is happening. Yeah. God, no. And I was like, it, it must be something else. Yeah. Like, oh my God. Looking back now, I'm like, dude, what the heck? We're slow learners. Yeah, for Humans sure. Are slow learners. <laughs> yeah. Some a little slower than others. Absolutely. Uh, was there any other like messages or uh, symptoms that the body was speaking to you in? So you had the eczema. Yeah. Which was right there totally. in front of you. Oof. Anything else was going on? I think like that, that was the biggest, let's say like physical symptom for sure. Um, but I, I would be like waking up and going to bed so hungry all of the time because I wasn't eating adequately, you know? And um, again, sure, I could look a certain way, but even my social life, like I didn't have one, you know? You're like, you have to prep all your own food by yourself. You like, I wouldn't let myself go out anywhere. And God forbid I would go to like a brewery and I'm like, I love beer. Like <laughs> God forbid I would do that. Because for me, I painted those things as like life or death. It, so any decision I made when I was in that phase was it was going to keep me alive or it was going to kill me. There was no gray area at all. And I painted all those things as death. And so that's what my body would respond to them as death. I'm like, what's more stressful, me having the beer or me like depriving myself of, of having the beer, of having fo like food, <laughs> to be honest, of having all these kinds of things like what? 
what actually caused my body more damage. Um, and it was for sure the deprivation because like, I, I say it now all the time too. I was like, sometimes your fuel is like a beautiful salad that you make that day and whatever. Sometimes your fuel is like going for beds at 33 acres with pals because like that just fills you up connecting with them and like, like, get, like giving yourself permission to like let go. Um, and I just wasn't even aware that I wasn't giving myself permission to do any of those things. Like it just like, it was wild. Nobody could talk me out of that state of being in my mind. So like your timeline is your timeline for sure. But I, yeah, I just, I wouldn't listen. Yeah. We, we are in this space of like, what's food for? Mm. And Yes, it's fuel, so it helps regulate our metabolism and it gives us energy on a cellular level and it helps like downregulate our stress and helps um, nurture our nervous system, but we forget the other side of it, that this joy and love mm -hmm. and connection. And so it's not just about the functionality or the fuel of it, mm. it is about the other side. Joy, connection, and love. And fun. And fun. <laughs> yeah. And so what comes up a lot in my work is this, people have these great expectations. So to look a certain way, which is very common. So to change their body composition or their weight, shape, or size. Uh, and you can get there for sure. Mm -hmm. Yeah, we, like, we can get there. We can... Um, go on a certain diet and train a certain way and we can change our body composition, but it's not sustainable and it's at the detriment to other areas of our life. So it comes back to like, is this great expectation really worth it? Mm. Because in the process, you lose the connection to your body. Mm -hmm. You are, can't relate powerfully to yourself and then it affects the relationships in your life as well. Like you can't go and connect over food and go out to dinner because of the certain model or system or diet that you're following. Yeah. And so there's this great expectation and then there's this big gap between, oh. well, is it actually even worth it? Because if I do that, one, how long can I sustain it? Is it really making me happy? And what other areas of my life are affected? And this is, it's such a common story that happens is that this focus on the outcome or the result or the goal. And now I'm not saying we can totally have goals. And yeah, that, they're of course. So cool. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. But if that's like, if we have this great expectation to achieve this certain thing, especially when it comes to our weight, shape, and size, it sets the detriment to so many other areas of our health, mm. like our energy, our hormones. Oh, like yeah. the body speaks to us in all these messages and we're not listening and the body's telling and like Absolutely. trying to speak louder and louder and louder. And it's not till we get to a certain point where we're in – we have so many unhappy hormones or yeah. like we have so many relationships that break down because we can't navigate through them and um, nurture them because we're so focused on this, like this outcome and this great expectation. So absolutely. And like, yeah, all of those things are still like part of 
you're, and I think it's super important to note too, that it's not like one day you wake up and you're like, I'm going to change the way that I think about this, or I'm going to make moving fun again. Like, Oh, it, it, it is such a goddamn practice. And like, you got to sit. So like my designer and I call it, well, she actually saved to this. She says, sometimes you just have to sit in your shitty dumps. And I was yes. like, dude, yeah, you do. Like <laughs> you got to sit and ask yourself like really hard questions and like be open to answering them and do it frequently. Like there's, there's one question I love asking my clients around moving. So again, very much like yourself, like kind of coming away from, yeah, we can get the body composition in a certain way, of course, and at the cost of so many other things, you know? So if somebody like does want to come to me for that, I point them in the direction of somebody else. Cause that's also like not my forte and I don't want to co-sign like, Oh yes, I will help you change your body so that you will become however you think that you might become like happier, whatever it may be. Like, I don't want to, I, I don't feel great about putting my name next to that. Um, but, and again, not to say there's anything wrong and definitely there's like specialty in, if you're training for a sport, if you're training for something else, super different story, Yeah, which also makes like, that's a whole different conversation, right? So there's beauty in both. Absolutely. But for me, I know it's really, it's, it's this like kind of moving into the narrative of, right. How do we make training fun? And one of the steps that I love doing is after we train together, I'll be like, okay, write down three things that this movement gave you. And 11,000 times out of 10, it has nothing to do with the change of shape or size of their body. That's such a beautiful practice to get yeah. people to do. Totally. Absolutely. And, and even when I started doing it too, I was like, okay, what are, <laughs> I know that when I'm like, so in the like thick of my mind with stuff like this, or I'm really hard on myself like regarding my body or anything. I'm like, what are three things that I know that like super helps? And it's like <laughs> move mom and food. <laughs> I love that. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> mom for sure. But like, even with the movement, it's like, okay, but why does that help? And there's a reason why I don't name it like run or like lift or whatever. It's because sometimes I just need to move out of my current location and find another one. So however yeah. I get there, I can walk there. I can sprint there. I can like toss weights until I'm there. You know what I mean? There's like so many different ways to do that. Um, but even, yeah, those three things, like what does this movement give you at the end of it? And I think that's a really cool place to start. So then you can see and be like, right, it gives me so much more than like, it's like a feeling that you're after. Yeah. To be completely honest, like not so subtle plug, but like for real, like it's like, you know, <laughs> like we're all doing it for like that feeling afterwards, not necessarily like, yeah, again, like the outcome, the expectation of what you're trying to change. Um, yeah, sure. because even that is, it's based on a feeling as well. Mm. If I get to a certain amount yeah, yeah. weight, or if I look a certain way, I'm going to feel X, totally. Y, Z. So the, we are fueled by feelings. Yes, we are. Feeling, absolutely. And so I love that. I love that question. Mm. I think it's so powerful. And we were just speaking before we started recording about training and about our why. Yeah. Like, mm. why do you train? 
Mm. Why do you move? Yeah. We're so focused on the what and the how, the type of training, how do I train? What's it going to get me? But why do, why do you train? Mm. What's your why? What's your intent? What's the yeah. context behind it? That's a beautiful question. I okay. love it. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, yeah. yeah. Why, why do you train? Mm. Or move. Yeah. Just, I like the word move, but I'm also okay with the word train. Yeah. Because, you know, words can mean different things, but we'll use the word move. Yep. Um, so my, I think for sure, I know like my why definitely solidified after I experienced like adrenal fatigue of like two months ago. Um, that knocked me straight on my ass. Talk about not listening to your body for so long. And then all of a sudden it was just like, I'm going to like make you listen. I'm going to body slam you all around. Like for real, like TKO, like woke up every single morning, like falling, like I couldn't get up. Like it, it was, it was insane. I wanted to like chuck everything I had and everything I was doing in the air and just like never catch it again. I was like, no, I'm done. What, what, what am I doing? Like it was so, it completely took over and it was like my body's really trying to fight for me. Like it literally thought that, like I thought I was in like a fight or flight mode constantly. So all these like symptoms like kept creeping and I was just like, ah, no, I'm good, I'm good, I'm good, I'm good. Then all of a sudden it was like, whack. Like I'm not even gonna let you get out of bed today because you need to listen. <laughs> so after like coming out of like the recovery, even like still in it right now, for sure. Like coming out of that, I was like, the, I would automate how I moved. You know what I mean? Like I, I would automate my ability. So I would count on a hundred percent of the time I can move fast, strong, bang, bang, bang today, tomorrow, the next day, the day after that, the week after that, the month after that, I just always thought that my ability was something that I would have. Like I never really realized like, Hey, you know, one day you might not actually be able to move like that. And then the adrenal fatigue hit and I was like, Oh shit. I actually, I like, I can't move like that anymore. My naturopath and like a really big mentor of mine was like, you cannot exercise vigorously for the next like seven weeks. And if you do like this will get worse. So How did you like, feel when they said that to you? It was either I listened and listened to her and I listened to my body or this was going to get exponentially worse. Um, so yeah, that was really, really, it, it was almost like a switch. Like, you know, when, someone offers you a piece of advice and you're kind of like, you've heard it a thousand times over and then you hear it this one time yeah. and you're like, right, got it. It was kind of like that where it was like a sliver in time and I was just like ready to hear it finally. <laughs> um, so I started literally the next day. I like, like no classes, no nothing, no high intensity, anything. Um, and I was on like a lot of different like supplements and adaptogens and just like lifestyle changes, like going slow, like in every sense of the word. Um, like I would cut down plans. I would cut down 
yeah, commitments, clients, classes, everything. Like just go slow. Um, so yeah, I, and then it, it was wild. Like three days after I like started to listen, I felt so much of a difference already. And I was like, ah, oh, got it. Okay. 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 <laughs> Don't like stop telling me I told you so. Right. But it like for sure. So I think, well, I know now that the reason why I move is to like really celebrate my ability for that given day. And like I ran CVs a couple of weeks ago and that was not in my foresight at all. Like you asked me that like nine weeks ago, if I was going to run CVs and I'd be like, fuck, I don't even know if I just walk CVs. And like, Remember, I don't run. Yeah. Yeah. I was like, <laughs> big no, like huge no. But it was this like really cool experience where I was like, whoa, you're running now. And like nine weeks ago, there was no way you'd run. Like you weren't able to. And I think that's where the biggest thing clicked for me was that like my 100% is not a fixed performance. So my ability can change like day to day. And even like, let's say yesterday I trained super hard and today it was like a wake up of like, Hey, you're getting short of breath again. You're going a little too fast. And I was like, right. My hundred percent today looks like not like training, <laughs> like not moving at all. And that's so powerful because we forget that we're dynamic organisms, mm. constantly changing all of the time. Our state is changing, so the state of our nervous system is changing, and it's so much impacted by our environment and our mm. doing as well. Mm-hmm. So what we can do one day or how our environment or our state is one day is not going to be the same the next day. Yeah. But unfortunately we get stuck in like stuck in the mud, like that game you played as a child. <laughs> we get stuck in this this view of like I will always be able to train this way. Totally. Or mm. if we show up and we can't, which is what happens like through our menstrual cycle, if you pay attention to that, it's mm. like, hey, there's all these hormonal changes going on, which means that the cycle is not the same. We're not the same. And so the, one day you can train like that. Yeah. But the next day you might not be able to because of so mm. many different things, hormones, what you did the day before, how busy is your schedule? Like how yeah. much energy have you expressed out of you the mm. day before, the week before, the, the month before? Yeah. Uh, because we can't always be at 100%. And this is like, where we're getting stuck is that stress is not the problem. Well, it is a problem, but it's like our ability to recover and Mm. um, the amount of stress is the problem really. Yeah. Because it's it's like that paper mache analogy Mm -hmm. that you used. It's like, okay, I can take a stressor, like a, a really hard workout yesterday, But then if there are 10 other things in my day that are also pulling energy out of me Mm. and decreasing the fuel in my tank and I don't refuel that by focusing on my breathing, by nourishing my body with enough food, Mm. by getting enough sleep, by resting, uh, that my fuel tank going into the next day is still a quarter full. Absolutely. And we are just doing this and emptying and emptying until our body 
is like, I can't run anymore. For sure. I literally can't move. I can't function. So you need to come back and you need to refuel me. Absolutely. And it's like, like you, you said it, like, I think, well, what we deem is like our hundred percent, you know? So I think like that's something that I also chat with in like workshops or like even with my clients is that like you right now, you are 100%. Yeah. You know what I mean? And like you tomorrow is 100%, even if like what you've done in the day or like your performance is just like super different. And that was a conversation that I had with myself, like in the car as I was coming here. And I was like, okay, so you know that like you are operating at your 100% today. And right now your 100% needs you to go slow. So like, can you at least just like focus on your breath, like while you're driving in the car? And like massive inhales, massive exhales, just like let your insides know that you're okay and you can be calm because I'm not like, we're going to try and like pull you down, you know, like try to like, like bring you down from like a heightened state. Like, don't worry, I'm taking care of you and I'm listening. (laughs) But yeah, like, like going slow, like all of it, like your, your performance, your everything. And there's beauty in going fast, of course. Um, and we love going fast in, you know, in, in anything like for sure. Um, especially when there's like momentum and we're riding it and like, there's, it's not a bad thing to go fast, but you, you nailed it with the recovery. So what is your recovery look? And I think now a cool question would be like, yeah, what does recovery look like? Like how, like how do we learn how to recover? Yeah. Cause we, we forget that life is like training. Mm. Um, that like showing up and doing like going to work or our schedules or having children or relationships or building a business, that's all training. Mm -hmm. That's all expressing energy. Yeah. And so we need to get better at recovering from all that, not just our actual training or our actual movement with our physical body, but Mm -hmm. what's our recovery look like for like the emotional or the mental expression of expression of energy yeah which is also really important is life is all training (laughs) so so true yeah we need to make sure that we have recovery practices for life Mm -hmm. and we forget that yeah absolutely and yeah what would be like a really cool like what's a cool way that you have learned that you respond best to when it comes to recovery. So what's something that you, what's your recovery practice from life or from training? Mm, yeah. Or I guess it's not that different. Yeah. Let, let's talk yeah. about the not that different. Yeah. Which is what I've learned mm-hmm. is actually, it's not that different. So if I was to go in even like right now, we're like expressing energy, mm-hmm. we're showing up. And so to me, this is a type of training yeah. and my recovery after this will be maybe 15 or 20 minutes. I will just sit in the sunshine cool, and I'll just be, mm. um, because I need to get that energy back in, yeah. whether that's through the rest, through quiet time, through a reflection, um, or through sunshine. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that's how I mostly recover from a lot of things where I express a lot of energy. Mm-hmm. Like if I'm teaching or I present or I run a workshop, uh, the recovery from that is to come back in and contract. And right. the contraction for me looks like, okay, come back to my food because food is such a powerful tool 
to regulate our nervous system or our state. So mm. if I have been at a heightened state, which is not a bad thing for us to go for that sprint or to go fast, uh, but I know that I need to come back down. Mm. And so food is fuel for me for that. It's like make sure that I'm nourishing my body uh, with food. Uh, it's rest, like just quiet, um, mm. just be. Yeah. Um, and there's no inputs. So there's yeah. no distractions. Mm. There's no listening. There's no doing. Um, when I'm just being, I'm just sitting there and yeah. allowing and receiving whatever's coming into the body yeah. to get energy back in. Uh, and then my third one would probably be movement. Mm -hmm. But like, it can be a restorative practice. Totally. It can just be me going super slow through mm -hmm. some stuff at home and not really like training hard, mm -hmm. um, just moving slowly. Yeah. Uh, so those three things, I think. Rest, just mm -hmm. space, mm -hmm. um, food, and then just moving mm -hmm. from restorative. Yeah. And then it depends, I guess. It depends totally. on like... Yeah, it depends on the circumstance. Yeah, it depends on the circumstance and it depends how long the, the energy's been expressed out, um, how hard the training session is. Mm. Um, but those would be probably my three powerful little pillars that I would always come back to Yeah. Uh, to make sure that I'm recovering. Yeah. I, boundaries, actually. I have really yeah. strict boundaries. Right. Yeah, mm. those of you who know me, <laughs> very strict like bedtime routine, very strict yeah. use around my phone um, mm. and setting boundaries about what's okay and what's not okay because otherwise that leaks a lot of energy out of you. Totally. And I, lo yeah. and I love that you said like even something like this, it like you're expelling, of course. Like you're expending energy and like I never really realized that, yeah, like training or movement or even what I do for a living when I'm like on the floor holding pads for people, it's like, you're expending a lot. And I was like, Oh yeah, you're right. Like I, you just don't think about it or like running from like meeting to meeting or like having like, yeah, social interactions. Like you're, you're giving, you're getting, and you're also giving. So how I, I love that you also highlighted that because it's so true. And like as fun as it is, and as you know what I mean, it's still, yeah, that's still taking from your tank. Of yeah. course. Yeah. So mm. it's like, how can I set myself up? Well, one, I need to be connected with myself because I need yeah. to even understand like what is stressful to me. How, how much can I tolerate? Uh, how much can I actually express? So today, what is even within my hundred, like my hundred percent or my fuel tank, yeah. what can I even like give? Yeah. And this stuff takes time. It takes years. I've been learning this for years and some days I'm really crap at it still. Yeah. Uh, and it takes me a little while to get back into to harmony and totally. to, to recover. And I think that's really important in itself um, is to understand it's such a practice and some days you just won't get it right. Yeah. But you have choice the next day to live into your boundaries, to make sure you're really clear on them and then to use some really powerful tools yeah. that you have uh, to set that recovery up and make sure but people just forget that Absolutely. every day is training so what would be yours like your two or three mm. that you would inject into your life now for to recover from life <laughs> yeah um 
I kind of said them earlier, but like move mom and what was the other one? Food. Yeah. yeah. Move mom and food. So move could mean like, like I was telling you before we started, like me, I love alone time so much so. But yesterday I found myself getting really anxious with being alone and I had committed to go to a yoga class and there was like every cell in my body being like, ah, don't, or don't do that. Yeah. You, you don't want to go do that. But I was like, you know what, maybe if I just like get out of my immediate situation and I can like go move slow, I can literally lay down the whole time if I want, maybe if I'm there, that'll kind of shift things around a little bit and I'll be able to see it through like a different lens. So me moving out of my immediate state into somewhere else helped so much. And if I were to just like sit and sit and sit with where I was at, I don't like, I know I wouldn't have come to the same, to the same conclusion at all. <laughs> um, so moving. And sometimes again, that's like moving, like training hard, or sometimes it's like moving, going for a walk, um, but movement for sure. Um, and then mom. Yeah. <laughs> so it's just funny. I was telling someone uh, last night about this. So when I call mom, when I used to call mom and I would just kind of like, like, like dump this on her, I wouldn't ask her if like how her day was and been like, Hey, can you get like, can you be a really big light for me right now? And if you can't be, that's okay. But I didn't know that at the beginning. So I would just dump on mom. And then of course I do this now too, but like solution Sally, she'll try to be like, Oh, have you tried this, this and this? Blah, blah, blah. And I was like, Fuck. I was like, I don't want solutions. I just want you to tell me that this really sucks and that you're going through a really hard time. So now again, I guess that ties into like boundaries. I'll ask her and I'm like, Hey, can you be a light for me right now? Or like, how's your day? And if she's like, yeah, I'm good. I'm like, cool. I'm going to call. Can you please just listen to me and like really tell me that like this sucks and I'm going through a really hard time. She's like, absolutely. <laughs> so maybe it's sometimes not mom, but like, that's what I go through. Maybe it's like a really good girlfriend or it's like whoever. Um, but I just say mom because like that's the like boundary step that I've created with her. And <laughs> now every time I get a phone, I'm like, oh, thank God you were such a shining star like for that day. And it kind of just got me out of my own head. And I was able to kind of like via osmosis take some of whatever her energy was, yeah. which was great. Um, and then food as well. Um, and that means not like on the go. Um, it means just like sitting with it and like chewing, feeling all of it. Um, and I know if I'm grabbing stuff like, like right away and like making it fast, 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 fast. I'm like, Oh, like you, you really need to go slow with this right now. So for me, whenever I do eat and I can tell that I need to recover, I like will chunk out a good chunk of time where I'm like, okay, sit with the food and like, yeah, be like, how does like, yeah. How does that feel in my system right now? Um, and also just be like, like, thank you. Yeah. You know, like, thank you for giving me this for sure. Yeah. So I'd say like those three and like, that's something that I'm like being really aware of today too, where I, I'm a little bit more tender and I do like the moving side of things has been like, yeah, no training, but just when I'm moving from studio to here, I'm breathing the whole time. So moving place, but also like just moving in a different way. Um, and making sure that I allocate time to eat. Um, and I've already texted like two people as my mom and be like, Hey, just so you know, I'm really in my head today. Um, 
just letting you know so I don't feel so alone in it. Yeah. And then they know, and it's kind of like you have your allies, you know, you, you plug those, you set those in place because asking for help is huge. Yeah. We mm. need a team. Mm, yeah. Who's on your team? Mm-hmm. And then what position do they play? Yeah. Because they all play a different position totally. and their position might change, mm-hmm. but together it's more powerful and it's yeah. a hell of a lot more fun when we try and create that team than just to have no one on your team or to try and do it alone. Absolutely. Then we get stuck and lost and confused. Yeah. Yeah. So I want to finish with a question. It's your question. Ooh. So how did you choose to feel today? Ah! <laughs> wow. And it's so funny because nobody asked me, but I asked every morning. Yeah. Really cool. Um, I chose to feel patient, really patient with myself today. Um, yeah, and I think I kind of explained that majority of it just by now seeing what yeah. my recovery was. But for sure, like today, I didn't feel the greatest waking up. Like I noticed I was like short of breath when I woke up. And instead of kind of passing those off, I was like, oh no, like this takes time. And like you're super in it right now. So be patient with what your timeline looks like. Um, be patient with the fact that you might not be as sharp as you normally are whatever that even means. It's like today is your 100%. So be patient with like how that translates. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And I think this is such a beautiful question because you have to one, pay attention to Mm. your state. Like how are you actually feeling? How is your nervous system? How is your mind to then walk into the question? Totally. How do you choose to feel Mm. today? Um, and I think it's the recognition of, of the state. And then if you know that you've leaked a lot of energy out of you and that you're in a more vulnerable state or your nervous system's a little bit stressed, that this choice to walk in to be patient is just so powerful and to remember that. Yeah. So I think it's such a beautiful question for people mm. to ask every day. Yeah, is, of course. And not like how you expect to feel or how you think you should feel Mm -hmm. or how you feel that yeah what you think other people from other people it's just literally what is my body telling me right now and then how do we choose to feel yeah for sure now i want to ask you how do you choose to feel today calm Mm. yeah i had lots of things to do today and there's quite a lot of expression of energy. Yeah. But within the between the doing, I really wanted just to find calmness. Mm. And so I just chose to feel calm today. Cool. Gabby, I want to thank you for creating the space to come and connect and chat with me. I appreciate it so much. I love hearing your story and hearing about the work that you're doing with people. It is so Mm. powerful and so important. Um, Fueled by feeling is, Mm. (laughs) that was birth for running, but the the feeling part and the questions Mm. that you ask. And you're even doing um, morning movement. Yeah, morning movement, absolutely. (laughs) 50 reps of anything. Yeah, but it's like just connecting people with their body yeah is what i see underneath the work that you're doing mm-hmm. it's like let's connect connect to the body connect to the feelings 
because once you connect to the feelings, who knows what you can do? You can totally. do anything. But if Absolutely. there's listening and receiving and feeling, then there can be the doing and the goals and but you've got to have the stuff that's underneath. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So it's such powerful work. Where can, uh, give us all your deets. Yeah, so yeah. Where can people find you? For sure. So on Instagram, at Fuel by Feeling, um, my personal one is G, via Senor, my last name. Um, for teaching classes that will come super soon. Um, so stay tuned with that, but you'll find all the information on my website, www.fueledbyfeeling.com. Um, and come check out a class at All City Athletics. Yeah. Um, boxing, my absolute vice yeah. in the best way. No Walmart gloves. <laughs> no Walmart gloves. If you come with Walmart gloves, I'm like, honey, you just, it's like a pass down, you know? <laughs> Just kidding. If you do come in home, I'll have a soft spot for you because yeah. I'll see me in you. So. Um, thank you for your time, Debbie. Thank I really appreciate it. Yeah, this is great. If you have any questions, you can connect with me on Instagram at amykatebow. I also write a daily blog. You can sign up on my website, amykatebow.com. Thank you for making the space to listen today. Remember, take the long way home. Bye for now.